Lord Jesus, we are grateful that we can entrust our very lives to your hands. We thank you that when we present ourselves to you, that is by your grace, that you mold us and make us. So we ask, Holy Spirit, come as we present ourselves today to be molded, to be made, to be filled. Do that work within us that we cannot do ourselves. In Christ's name I pray, amen. This month of July, we are going from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, looking at a few of the meals that our Heavenly Father provides for His people. This is the second week of a worship series called Let's Eat, and when we hear the dinner bell, we know it's time to do what? Time to eat. Last week I shared with you an acronym called BLESS. We've used that some in the past. BLESS, the B stands for Begin With Prayer. Uh, you have been praying for uh, folks to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, your friends, friends, relatives, associates, neighbors, and strangers. You've been listening to them. Uh, the E in BLESS is EAT. And so you're being encouraged this month to eat for the folks that you have been praying for. The two S's, share your story and then share your gospel, share the gospel. Last week, we, we saw that there was a, a vegetarian garden buffet at the garden of the dawn of creation. There was no meat on that first buffet, but to cause to have meat, something has to what? Has to die. That in the garden of Eden, Eden means delight, the garden of delight, there was no death. That was Yahweh's original design and intent. The garden of delights. In the garden of delight there was enough. But enough became not enough. The serpent came who was not an image bearer. He came questioning. The woman saw that the off-limits tree was good for food, a delight to the eyes. How many times are we captured by things that we're not supposed to be captured by because they are delight to the eyes? Anybody? Yeah. She took, she ate, she gave some to her sermon, to her husband. And there was dire consequences. Death, physical and spiritual, alienation, separation, fear. Yahweh killed the first animal to provide leather clothes for Adam and Eve. Today, we are adding meat to the menu, to the Passover meal. We're going to begin in the book of Exodus. It's uh, the second book in your library that you brought with you called uh, the Bible this morning. Exodus chapter 12 uh, is where we'll be. We'll not be there quite yet, but we'll get there. Meat. For many, it's hard to have a meal without meat. Anybody there? Just can't eat. Without meat, unless you're vegetarian, you got to have meat. It, it's, it's not just a biscuit. It's sausage and biscuit. It's meat and what? Three. We like meat lovers pizza. Meat pie. We have butcher shops that specialize in what? Meat. We roast it, boil it, fry it, grill it, braise it, and smoke it. Monday, 4th of July. Took some chicken wings. Marinated them, put them on the grill, low and 
slow, best chicken wings I've ever made in my life. My wife even complimented them, how good they were. Today we're adding roasted meats to the menu. Between Genesis 3, where we kind of left off last week, and Exodus 12, we see Yahweh's character on display. Grace, mercy, providing, leading, communicating clearly with humans. We see justice and we see deliverance. Yahweh holds the order of the universe together. And when people plant their flag in violence and oppression, he'll let it go on and then bring severe justice. It's a piece of the mosaic of who Yahweh is. The nation of Israel finds themselves in a pickle. Another food reference. They find themselves in a pickle, enslaved and oppressed as slaves in Egypt. They cry out. Yahweh hears, and we're introduced to Pharaoh, Pharaoh who is the height of human corruption and rebellion. In Egypt, Pharaoh is seen as the incarnation of the Most High God, and he sets himself up as a distorted image of humanity who fundamentally represents another God. So in Exodus, we have Yahweh versus Pharaoh, and the showdown is on. Judgment is coming against Pharaoh and the gods of Egypt. Yahweh plays hardball. He takes the gloves off. This is not an everyday thing in our time. There are times when Yahweh deals severe with human evil and injustice. Yet he's also patient. And kind. He wants to forgive. But when enough becomes enough, he doesn't let his creation fall apart. Nine plagues is fast-paced, ordered in three groups of three. The tenth plague is set apart. The flood of Genesis chapter 6 was a decreation event. These plagues are decreation events. Yahweh is making his name known, setting his people free, bringing justice and freedom to the oppressed. Do you remember Moses? Moses' story early in Exodus. Born during Pharaoh's infant side, placed in a basket, placed in a river. Found, raised in Pharaoh's house. Moses rescued from Pharaoh's infant side. So now in Exodus 3, he has this burning bush experience where God speaks to him verbally in that burning bush and says, you're going to go set your people free and I'm going to go with you. So he tells Pharaoh with with this message, go to Pharaoh with this message from me. Israel is my firstborn son. Who has Pharaoh been killing? The firstborn sons. Let my people go, my son go, so that he may worship me. If you refuse, I will kill your firstborn son. That's strong. The first plague is a river to blood. Pharaoh's infant side ordered the boys to be thrown in the river and be drowned. 
the Nile was the lifeline to Egypt. That river was sustained all life in Egypt. It was seen as a deity, and Pharaoh exercised authority over the river, thus authority over a deity with rituals. The water is made undrinkable for seven days. Frogs come. Frogs are amphibious creatures, two modes of existence. They live on land and water. They erase the line of ordered life. Decreation event is happening. They swarm uh, as the living creatures swarmed at creation. Yahweh brings a character that swarms on land and sea, erasing the line of ordered life. Dust becomes noceums. Do you know about noceums? They get in your eyes. They get in your mouth. They get in your nose. And if you're camping out in a hot July summer without some noceum screen on a tent, they keep you up at night. Noceums come from the dust. Humans in, in creation story come from dust. And here the dust of the earth comes alive and seeks to bring humanity back into it. Flies fill the ground and the land. What do flies do? What do they feast on? Decomposing things. Flies fill the land with death. The opposite of be fruitful and multiply in creation. Disease came upon livestock. Scripture says at an appointed time. In creation, Yahweh did what? He created and he ordered time. Decreation event. Boils come from soot taken from ovens, thrown into the air, carried by the wind. Hail falls. Those are ice rocks fell on human beasts and vegetation. All the things that Yahweh brought forth in creation as blessings and life. Land blessings are being reversed. Locusts come and they eat everything that sprouts up from the ground. The wind blows them in. Wind, the same Hebrew word used for God's spirit in Genesis chapter 1. Darkness comes without warning. The reversal of let there be light. For Israel there was light. For the Egyptians they were in darkness for three days. And throughout these nine plagues the phrase, You will know. I am Yahweh, appears seven times. The first plague, death, the final plague, death of the firstborn, is linked to, to Pharaoh coming after Israel's firstborn. You see, Pharaoh is stubborn. He's hard-hearted. And he won't let the people go. And it's about to get real. Pharaoh's evil is about to come back on him. He shows no mercy. Yahweh is about to throw it back, but there is a way out. Anybody, Egyptian or Israelite, who follows the means of escape, their house becoming an ark of a refuge, can be saved. That brings us to our scripture reading today, Exodus chapter 12, verses one through 13. In this translation and version of the Bible, the little heading is given there for chapter 12, the first Passover instituted. The Yahweh said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the 10th of this month, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. 
If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its close, closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be provided in proportion to the number of people who eat it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until morning. Anything that remains until morning you shall burn. This is how you eat it, your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of Yahweh, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am Yahweh. The blood shall be a sign for you on your houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Grass withers, flowers fade, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. Home becomes an ark where humans and animals are saved. Inside the house is life. Outside the house is death. Spotless, blameless, innocent lamb, blood on the doorposts and the lintel won't allow the destroyer to come in. Ark, sacrifice, blood, a substitute that Yahweh has provided. A substitute that Yahweh has provided, 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 just as he did, as he provided I want you to hear the word provided, provided on the mountain for Abraham and Isaac. Justice demands the life of the firstborn, but Yahweh provides a way out. Anyone can escape what's coming. The people of Israel went and did as commanded. At midnight, Yahweh struck down the firstborn, and there was a great cry in Egypt. Pharaoh and the Egyptian gods are defeated. Justice has been achieved. Yes, it's a severe portrait of Yahweh's judgment against a tyrant and dark spiritual forces. There are still in this day tyrants and dark spiritual forces that entice humans to murder and slaughter each other. Yahweh reveals who he is by the very meaning of his name, and he is opposed to this wanton violence and disregard to human life. Passover marks the new year. Decreation has happened with the plagues, and now new creation emerges. The Israelites emerge from their home into a new set of seven days with a seven-day celebration. There's a long pause in the action, and a ritual handbook is given in how to celebrate the Passover. This story 
that we've just talked about. This meal where we added meat today is to be reenacted. This story that Jews have celebrated all these years, even to this day, this story for them and reenactment of the story is not just about the past. It's also about Yahweh's pattern of how he will work in the future. Their liturgy says it aloud to future generations. Hey, future generations, read, reenact, and remember. You're, you're celebrating the past while you're looking to future redemption. We celebrate the past while we look for future redemption. We celebrate the past while we look for future redemption. We read, we reenact we remember for us it's week to week for the passover meal it's year to year and throughout that passover meal year to year year yahweh is saying i did this in the past and i'm going to do it in the future this is how i work this is how i bring redemption is it any wonder then why jesus chose passover weekend For his showdown with the powers in Jerusalem. Humanity is broken, yes. Justice demands. And again, Yahweh provides a sacrifice. Is it any wonder then why John the Baptist, when he first lays eyes on Jesus, cries out and says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world unblemished, blameless Jesus becomes the true and better, unblemished, blameless Passover lamb. Jesus is the true and better son of Israel. Jesus is faithful. Jesus is true. Jesus is the true and better Exodus, for he leads his people through his death. And when you place your trust and faith in Jesus to save you, He presents you blameless because of his work for you. Jesus provides a true and better meal. Blood on the wooden cross becomes a true and better blood on the doorposts and lintel. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, My richest gain I count but lost and poor contempt on all my pride. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing. Love so amazing. Love so divine demands my soul. My life, my all. Jesus, we're thankful. We're thankful that you are the true and better Passover lamb. The last sacrifice. We thank you, Jesus. That you provide us a true and better meal. One that we celebrate what happened in the past. 
And we look forward to future redemption. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for a cross. Give the cross. Give us a grander vision of who you are and what you have done for us and for all of humanity. A vision and a, of grandeur so much that it propels us to go into the world and share that love with others. The transforming love of Jesus Christ with others.